Thank you, Gerald. Welcome to High Point Church Online today. Uh, it's great to be here with you, uh, wherever you're watching from, whether it's uh, whether you're the High Point uh, Church family here in Atlanta or you're watching from um, around the U.S. or the country or another country. Uh, we are thrilled that you're here today. Uh, things are a little bit different today. Uh, normally, I'm standing preaching from my living room, um, but today we are kicking it from the kitchen table. Uh, if you've seen any of the morning devotionals that we've uh, done over the past couple months, it's a little bit of that style, that format today. I thought we would break it down uh, a little bit for you. Uh, just quick update for everybody that wants, wants to know. We have our first service, as Gerald mentioned, on July 12th. It's an outdoor service, and we could not be more excited to come together and worship. We are still working uh, with Cobb County right now, uh, our local county, on figuring out what it looks like uh, post or kind of where we are in the whole coronavirus scenario, what it looks like for our church to begin using our school still. Um, those are still conversations that we're having. We're working those out. In the meantime, we're going to continue streaming service right here and begin uh, also hosting some outdoor services in our community. Pretty exciting. Uh, guys, I know it's been, it's been a tough couple weeks. Uh, it's been a tough few months. And tensions have been running high, to say the least, in our country. Uh, tensions on, in the news, tensions on social media, tensions literally with just in your everyday conversations, trying to sort out uh, what you think and how you feel and where you're at on all the different things that are happening right now. And I wanted to just have a moment where we, where we, we, we really took a step back and we talked about what it means for the church to stay and remain and fight for unity in this moment. Because I believe that while there are, there are certain things happening in our culture uh, at present and they're real, I believe there is an undercurrent uh, that's also taking place with those. That the enemy would use the current situations that we are in to divide his church, or excuse me, God's church, not his church, God's church. Anytime there, there, there are things in the natural, there are also things happening in the supernatural that we don't quite see. And so in this moment, as mentioned last week, there is a fight that's taking place in the spirit for people to remain unified and united over the things that matter the most. And so here we are in Ephesians chapter 4. That's where we pick up today. I'm going to pray for us, and then we're going to unpack Ephesians chapter 4 today for a few minutes as we talk about what it means to stay together, whatever it takes. Father, be with us as we read from the scriptures today. I pray that, you would, uh, that you'd speak to us through the Bible right now. God, we are not the first uh, culture. We're not the first church. We're not the first body of people that have had to wrestle through difficult things and come out on the other side unified and stronger for it. I pray by the power of the Spirit that you would help us right now. Amen. Amen. Ephesians 4, uh, verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, this is Paul writing, I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. Paul is writing as a prisoner and he's writing to the church in Ephesus and he's saying, and he's literally, he's urging them. He's appealing to them. Live a life worthy of the calling you have received. And here's what it looks like. Be humble, be gentle, be patient. Bear with one another in love. This is what it looks like to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now, if you're watching today, you're like, well, I don't feel called. I don't feel like I've heard God's calling on my life. Understand when the Bible says that to live a life worthy of the calling, if you've put your faith in Jesus and you believe that he is the son of God, that he died for your sins, then you are in a sense responding to a calling a call to follow him, a call to put your faith in Jesus. And so this is what it now looks like to live a life worthy of that calling. One of the things that he contends for is that we would make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. In other words, fight to stay unified as a body and a people. Fight for it. Believe for it, pray for it, work for it. Don't give up. Don't give up. Now, we have been, we're not really in quarantine at our house like we were, you know, a few weeks ago or months ago. But one of the things when we were a little bit more in a, in a stricter, you know, quarantine, sheltering in place moment that Amy and I were doing is we were, we were watching all the Marvel movies in order. We had a Marvel movie marathon. And we got to uh, the Infinity War Endgame uh, this past week. And one of the scenes that just caught me was this, this final moment Right, You have to watch the movies to understand a little bit of what I'm talking about, but understand Thanos, who represents all the evil in the world and the universe. Uh, all the Avengers are gathering for one final moment to fight. They're trying to get the Infinity Stones and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but Captain America, he says something that was just, it, it was classic. He says to all the people gathered there, as they're putting their hands together at this moment. He says, this is the fight of our lives, whatever it takes. This is the fight of our lives, whatever it takes. And I love that sentiment And as your pastor this morning. My appeal to you is to fight for unity, whatever it takes. Some of you literally feel like you're in the fight of your life right now. You're afraid, uh, you're angry, you're mad, you're concerned, you're worried, you feel isolated, you feel alone. You feel like you're the only one who has the opinion that you have. You feel alienated, you feel attacked, you feel, you feel every range of emotion. What we have to do in this moment is fight for unity, to stay unified. So here's what, here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about this. I'm going to break it down for us. And, and if you're watching and you are not a part of our church, 
called High Point, I still think this is a message for you. But this is going to get very specific to our body in this moment. When Paul says that uh, he gives examples of what it looks like to be unified, and he says to be unified over one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope, uh, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who's over all, through all, in all, he's giving these examples of the things that you need to be rallied around. At high point, we we do something similar without going into that extensive list. We have our values and we have our mission statement, but something that you see plastered over everything is the three words, three little words. Jesus changes everything. When you walk into the church building and you walk into our cafeteria slash auditorium slash sanctuary where we rent, For church, there are two signs down at the front of the stage and on those signs say Jesus changes everything because we want that to frame worship for you. If you're a guest or if if you've been attending church for a while, you pick up this blue communication card and on the cover of that card are the three words, Jesus changes everything. If you just bought a shirt, a high point shirt, which, which might I add, They look amazing. Little 90s throwback. Well, the 90s throwback says Jesus changes everything. Why do you see that everywhere? Why is it on the website? Why is it printed on so much? Because if there's anything we want to make sure that we are unified around, rallied around, knitted together over, it is the fact and reality that Jesus Christ changes everything. It's all about Jesus. It's always been about Jesus, and it's still about Jesus. So today, I'm going to break these three words down for us so that we can be unified or at least begin fighting for the right things to remain unified. Jesus alone is King and Savior. It's Jesus that changes everything. It isn't my money. It isn't my bank account. It isn't my job. It isn't my personal sense of peace or my personal version of truth. It isn't any of that. It's Jesus that changes everything. Emphasis on Jesus. It's Jesus that's Christ. That's the Christ, the King, the Savior. When Paul preaches in Acts chapter 2 in the New Testament and you see him preaching this is after Pentecost, and he's, or at Pentecost, and he's preaching to a crowd of thousands of people. And they're, they're cut to the heart, the Bible says. They're convicted, and they say, oh my gosh, well, what, do we do to, what do we need to do to be saved? And they're having this conversation. And well, Peter looks at this crowd, and he says, this Jesus whom you crucified has become Lord and Savior. In other words, he's king He's royalty, and He's Savior. Well, a lot of times we get the Savior part right, but we forget that Jesus is also King. He saves, and He also rules. He governs and rules, and He also saves. And Jesus is a good King. He is a righteous King. He is a powerful King, and He is a faithful King. This is 
who we rally around the message and truth of who Jesus Christ is. Psalm 46.1 says this about Jesus. David is writing, literally, well, I guess it's not about Jesus. He's talking about God uh, in the general sense. Jesus hasn't come yet. <laughs> Psalm 46.1, God is our refuge and strength. He is my ever-present help in trouble. One of the words for Jesus, his name in the New Testament is Emmanuel, which means God with us. We serve a Jesus who is with you. We serve a Jesus who is helping you. He saves you from your sin, and he also saves you in your situations. He is an ever-present help in trouble. He is both king, and he governs well, and he governs right, and he is savior. Our great rescuer. Yes, from sin, and yes, also in our situation. It's important that we are united around that. It's all about Jesus. It's all about Jesus. About 10 years ago, uh, there was a guy. <laughs> that, was the worst, that was the worst beginning of a story ever. In 2010, a gentleman by the name of Forrest Fenn took a treasure worth $1 million, and he hid it in the Rocky Mountains, okay? And then he wrote a poem with clues for anybody to follow to find this million-dollar treasure, and if they found it, it was theirs. Literally, this has been happening, and for the past 10 years, people have been, have been going to the Rocky Mountains and have been trying to found, find this treasure, Right? Some have quit jobs, some have exhausted their savings accounts, their retirement accounts. Four people even died looking for this treasure worth a million dollars. And you have to ask yourself, why would people go to such great lengths to search for this treasure? And the reality is this, I was reading this story this week. Someone just found the treasure, which is why the story came, up to, you know, came back up again. Someone just found it this week. And the truth is, people put that much work and that much effort and they rearrange their whole life and, and they go out to the, to the Rocky Mountains to look for this treasure because they believe that this treasure has the capacity to do what? Change their life. It has the ability to change their life. If this was a $15 prize, nobody would care. Nobody would get on a plane. No one would quit their job. No one would risk their life for it. But the reality is a million dollars is a life-changing amount of money for the average person. Most people might add, I would take a million bucks. But the truth is, uh, we, we understand the value of something when we realize its capacity to change our existence and to change our life. And so when we talk about things to be united around, it's important to, for you and I to know that Jesus is the source of transformation. This is what we have to fight for, to be united around. It's Jesus that does the changing. He is the source of it. I desperately need to continue being changed. Yes, I, I put my faith in Jesus and on a dime, he changed me and I'm thankful that he's still changing me. It isn't just a one and done moment for you or for me. 
Jesus changes everything. And because he has the power to change, he alone has the power to change. He alone is the one who has all the value. When we understand it, man, this is what we will, we will contend for this. And we will stop letting other things divide us. Jesus changes everything. David writes in Psalm uh, 119, he says that you are more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. More than any treasure you can find in the Rockies. More than anything you can discover. More than even anything you can achieve in this lifetime. There is nothing that compares to the value and power and the very life-changing presence of Jesus Christ. He is the one that changes us. Now, in case you're hearing that, and you're like, okay, eyes rolling into the back of your head here, you know, and you're thinking of the, the, the kind of the ism of let go and let God, right? We say that a lot. I've said, guilty, I've said that before. But sometimes we can hear that and you can hear Jesus alone as the one that changes things or changes your heart. Well, understand that as Jesus changes you, the, 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 the imperative uh, actions upon us is that as Jesus changes us, he changes our actions, he changes our hearts, he changes the things that we care about. It's not that Jesus changes everything, therefore I should just sit back and let him do all the work as if there's nothing in my life that I have to work for or contend for. If you remember the image of, of Christianity as a cross, it's not a couch. It's not, where, it's not where let me just sit on the couch and be a, a lazy follower of Christ and not work for anything, either in my life or in, in my community or in my city. We've talked about this before, but as, as Jesus changes you, you should be, your love for others should grow as Jesus is changing you. You should love people more this year than you did last year. Let me say that again. If you're growing in your relationship with Jesus, your love for him and your love for others should be greater this year than it was last year. That's a hard reality, but if Jesus is changing me, well, this is how he should be changing me. I'm growing in empathy. I'm growing in, in sympathy. I'm growing in my willingness to sacrifice. I'm growing in my willingness to, to confront and have hard conversations. I'm, I'm growing in my ability and willingness to be patient and humble and gentle. Whoo! All the things that I want to grow in. But Jesus changes everything. There's no one like him. There's no one like him. I want to remind you of this. The gospel that Jesus saves and he died for sinners like you and me. Sometimes when we're going through hard moments as a culture, we forget the heart of the gospel. But Jesus came for murderers, for rapists. He came for adulterers and thieves and liars, deceivers. He came for idol worshipers. 
He came for religious devotees. He came for racists. He came for everyone who was bound up and a prisoner in their sin. This is who Jesus, our good king and our mighty rescuer, came for. And so if we're going to be united, let us be united over who Jesus is and what Jesus came to do. He came to change and save sinners like you and me. He didn't come for the healthy. He came for the sick. And I am sick along with every single other human on this planet. I need the grace and saving power of Jesus just like you do and everybody else in my neighborhood and in our cities who are watching online and the people that are driving you crazy right now. Jesus came for them. And if he didn't give up on them, you shouldn't either. And this is what we unite around. Jesus changes everything. There's nothing that this gospel doesn't uproot and turn upside down. There's nothing. Jesus changes everything. So here's my appeal to you today. Be humble with one another. Consider others better than you. Be gentle with one another. Let your words be gentle. Be patient with one another. I say those three things again. Be humble. Be gentle. Be patient. As we believe and stand on the truth and reality that Jesus changes everything. This is how we stay united. And this is what we fight for right now. Whatever it takes. Stay together. Whatever it takes. Father, I thank you in this moment that you are good. You're so good. You're gracious. You're ever so patient with us. You're kind and loving. And you're still at work. And so, Father, I pray for for unity in our church. I pray for unity in other people's churches. If they're watching from some other place and they're a part of another church, help them to stay unified as a body right now. I pray that the body of Christ would would be unified right now, that we would be gentle and humble, that we'd be loving and forgiving, that we'd be patient because you're all those things to us. And now we, by the power of the Spirit, get to be that thing to everyone else as well. Help us in this moment, Lord. We love you and we worship you. And we declare that you change everything. Continue to change us, Lord. Amen. Amen. Guys, 
Jesus changes everything. (laughs) Maybe you need to buy a shirt to remind yourself of that today. He's good and he's faithful. He's working in our church. He's working in our community. Don't give up. And everybody said, Amen.